0: Welcome back to there's more to the history we or there's more to the story you never know Uh, we are on season one episode two and today's episode is on the Borgia family they are the historical definition of a hot mess so it's going to be a fun one so buckle up and let's get started So last week we talked about Henry VIII and the Renaissance and all that fun stuff. So this week's episode is still about the Renaissance because it is my favorite historical period. So get used to it. Um, But there is a few differences between the Borgia family and Henry VIII and the wives. So the Borgias were in Italy, obviously, because... Rodrigo Borgia was Pope Alexander VI. He was probably one of the worst popes ever, but that's okay. Uh, We still love him for it. So the Borgias were popes in Rome and they were ruling and they had to deal with the entire Italian peninsula and all of Europe. So things were a little chaotic for them, so we can cut them some slack in that regard. But uh, they were super bad popes because the church was super bad at this time. They were selling indulgences. So basically, if I went up to my local priest and cardinal and was like, hey, I'm going to die soon, but I've been a horrible person. So if I pay you, can you fast track me to heaven? That's what an indulgence was. And all of those, all of the money from all of the indulgences would go to the church. And from there, they would build, you know, grand, bigger churches and diamonds and rubies and the church would live super lavishly when they were supposed to be living a vow of poverty, but that never happened. So that's fine. Uh, So I just wanted to give you some context on the church. It was awful. Popes had mistresses. They had tunnels from the Vatican to the houses of the mistresses. Cough, cough, cough. Rodrigo. Uh, But that's okay. So the Borgias. Uh, Rodrigo Borgia was born in 1431 and he was 72 when he died in 1503. So he was really old by Renaissance standards because most people lived to about 50. So Rodrigo was one of the popes that had a tunnel connecting his mistresses and his uh, quarters in the Vatican. He was an interesting character. So he mainly had two mistresses that were very well known. His first and longest running mistress was Vannozza de Canate. I butchered that. I'm sorry for anyone who speaks Italian. Uh, he had four children with her, Giovanni, Cesare, Lucrezia, and Goffredo. And then when he became Pope, he started an affair with Giulia Farnese or Giulia La Bella. She was a young hot thing. So he naturally gravitated towards her because he was a pervy man. Uh, Not only did Rodrigo have four children with Vanozza, he had five other children with other mistresses including a child with Giulia Farnese that has never actually been confirmed. Uh, The parentage of the child was associated with Giulia Farnese's husband who was an Orsini. So the kid was just brought up as an Orsini and no one said anything because if the Pope is sleeping with your wife you tend to keep your mouth shut even though everyone knows the Pope is sleeping with your wife. It was a fun time. Uh, So Rodrigo was a conniving, backstabbing, mean, awful person. He did not stop until he got his way, and he pawned his children off and used them as political pawns for the purpose of the church, although mainly for the advancement of the entire Borgia family. So, you know... uh, My favorite story about Rodrigo is the Banquet of the Chestnuts, which is funny because Banquet of the Chest and Banquet of the Nuts, basically you combine the two. Uh, This has never been completely 100% confirmed, although I will believe it till the day I die because the Borgias were a disaster. So in Wild Rodrigo, a.k.a. Alexander VI, was Pope, he threw a banquet in... The Vatican, which is, you know, all fine and dandy, except if you're bringing the finest courtesans, a.k.a. prostitutes, in all of Rome to the Vatican and having an orgy with them and your cardinals and your children, Cesare and Lucrezia, it's slightly problematic there. Uh, It's honestly my favorite historical story ever. Just the irony of such a quote-unquote holy place doing such quote-unquote unholy things is hilarious to me, especially because I grew up as a Catholic and my family gets angry about this every time I mention it. So shockingly, Rodrigo made a lot of enemies in his ascension to power and in the way he pawned off his children. That that was, you know, not shocking at all to anyone in case you can't tell with my sarcasm. Uh, So he made a lot of enemies and surprisingly he did not die from pure cold-blooded murder, stabbing, poisoning, any of the Borgia family tricks, which were frequently employed. Uh, He died of malaria, which is a very unsatisfying ending for a very interesting person. Um, His children were not too lucky to have the Pope as their father. I mean, initially before... Actually, no. Initially, when he first became Pope, he said that they were his nieces and his nephews and they just happened to live in the Papal Palace... But then later on, as his uh, papacy continued and he didn't get assassinated, he finally acknowledged them as his own children. He was the first pope to do so. So it was quite shocking to everyone because it was out there in the open versus behind closed doors and in secret tunnels in the Vatican, which I have to find one day. Uh, So his eldest son, Giovanni, died when he was 23 years old. Uh, He was married to Maria Enriquez de Luna, who was the widow of his half-brother, Piero Luis, who also died conveniently, tragically young. Uh, so Giovanni was sleeping with his youngest brother's wife. Not only was Giovanni sleeping with his youngest brother's wife, his other brother, Cesare, was also sleeping with this woman. Uh, she got around and she was sleeping with Three out of four Borgia men, which is quite a limit. I don't think anyone's hit that. Uh, No pun intended. So Giovanni was married. He had three children with the Spanish woman because the Borgia family came from Spain before they settled in Italy. Uh, So he was found in the Tiber after he didn't come home from a banquet at his mother's house, at Fanelza's house. He was found with all of his money on him. His attendant had also been killed. His throat was slit and he was stabbed nine times in the torso. So someone was clearly very mad at this man. Um, The Pope was heartbroken and immediately launched a very hardcore investigation getting to the bottom of it, but it somehow abruptly ended a week later. It is rumored that his brother, Cesare, murdered him because he was jealous that he too was sleeping with goffredo's wife which is just so funny to me i like i honestly meant it when i said they were a disaster just look at this three men from the same family are sleeping with one woman who is married and they're murdering each other over her whatever it's fine it's very renaissance very renaissance so giovanni dies he was a duke and upon giovanni's Death. His younger brother Cesare takes his dukedom. Uh, Cesare was being groomed by Pope Alexander VI as a cardinal, and he actually was a cardinal until Giovanni's death. And when Giovanni died, Cesare became the first person ever to resign as a cardinal. And his father Rodrigo Alexander VI made him commander of the papal armies. And from there, he became a condottieri. So a condottieri and a gonfaloniere are basically hired mercenaries. So at this point in Italy, the city-states did not have their own armies. They would hire mercenaries to fight for them. And these mercenaries would flop back and forth, and uh, they were not loyal at all. Like, so not loyal. They would pay you to fight for someone and then the other person would pay it was a disaster not a good time so Cesare becomes a condottieri and uh gallivants, let's say so he marries Charlotte of Albrecht and has one daughter with her and 11 illegitimate children without her so he was clearly a very loyal and devoted husband to her uh Things were pretty good for Cesare until his father died and Borgia enemies made it to the uh, papal throne, in which case he got completely screwed over after. He crumbled within a matter of months. Uh, Cesare is a... Mm, don't want to call him a psychopath, but I'm going to call him a psychopath. He was a madman, uh, and Machiavelli, who is not known for being wise and level-headed, was fascinated by him. Cesare, by all accounts, especially by Machiavelli's, was brilliant, but he also could flip his personality in a blink of an eye. He would be a madman and not sleep for days on end and pace, or he would be a super excitable, ready-to-go person. There was just no level normal with him. So... Cesare is known as a little bit of a, I don't know how to say this nicely, so I'm just not going to say it, but you can get where I'm going. He did get what was coming to him, though, uh, so in his whole condottiere military genius phase, he sieged the castle in Navarre, and uh, the enemy party had fled, and he was really pissed, so he went to find them by himself, and the bad guys, quote-unquote, upon finding him, realized that he was alone and had zero backup, so they may or may not have stabbed him with a spear and then stripped him completely naked and just left a red tile covering his genitals. Um, he also had syphilis so he had a leather mask covering his face because it was disfigured from the syphilis which makes sense because you know if you father 11 children outside of your marriage that's probably what you're gonna catch so they removed this leather mask that was hiding his disfiguration from the syphilis and just left him in the street so he did get what was coming to him which is a relief to me because Trezure is the scum of the earth he gets it from his father uh, so, Cesare, the only daughter in the Borgia family, was Lucrezia. Lucrezia was a unfortunate soul. She was stuck in the middle of her father and her brother's conniving, plotting, murder, poisoning, espionage disasters. Rumor has it that Lucrezia actually had a hollow ring which she would fill with poison and then conveniently dump into her enemy's cup and poison them at a feast because she needed to get rid of them. Uh, So Lucrezia was married three times. The first time she was married to Giovanni Sforza, they were married for five years before the marriage was annulled on the grounds that it was not consummated and on the account that Giovanni Sforza was gay, which was probably not the case because... uh, Rodrigo just decided that the Sforza family no longer served their political purpose and he needed alliances and the Sforzas weren't giving it to him. So divorce for homeboy. Uh, She then married Alfonso of Aragon, who was very tragically murdered, found strangled in his quarters. So this is where it gets interesting. Some people, well, okay, so historians say that he was murdered by anyone associated with the Borgia family because he, too, had fulfilled his purpose and was done. Now, you've got, like, the Renaissance rumors, which are the fun things to follow. You've got the Renaissance rumors, which say that uh, Cesare was sleeping with Lucrezia and was jealous of Alfonso and then killed him, so that's what I'm going with because it's way more scandalous and fun. So that ended after a year because homeboy was strangled. Uh, So then she married Alfonso of Este, Alfonso d'Este. And they were married for 17 years, which is a very long time. They were, by all accounts, happy together, which is shocking. The only reason they were happy together was because Rodrigo died within a year of this marriage happening. So after Rodrigo died, Lucrezia was free of all of the... Plotting and the scheming and the murders, she was free to do whatever she wanted. So Lucrezia was a remarkable woman. She was beautiful. All of Rome knew of her beauty. She was painted by famous painters. Uh, She was also very intelligent. She was the governor of Spoleto, which is a huge deal because that job was usually reserved for cardinals, but she held the post by herself out of her own accord and regard for a year which is spectacular considering women had zero to no rights in the renaissance um she also had eight children over the course of her marriages one with alfonso of aragon but he died when he was very young uh his mother actually outlived him and then she had seven children with alfonso deste and she died after giving birth to her last child she had complications during childbirth uh, she was 39 years old when she died. And Lucrezia was not a saint either. She did grow up with Rodrigo Borgia as her father, so as, you know, one can imagine. Uh, she had an affair with a manservant named Perotto, or Pedro, uh, and apparently she had a child out of wedlock with a man who was much below her station, that has never been confirmed. A mystery child appeared in the Borgia family, and he was named Giovanni. And um, he just kind of appeared. There were two papal bulls related to him. One said that he was Cesare's son from before he was married. One said that he was Rodrigo's son. It's never really been confirmed. But rumors, once again, Renaissance rumors, say that... uh, He was the love child of either Perotto or Lucrezia and Cesare or Lucrezia and Rodrigo, but that's probably false. Uh, she was, she's portrayed as a femme fatale, but Lucrezia by modern historical, modern historical accounts was just caught in her family's drama. She was intelligent and kind and did not want to be associated with her family, but had no other choice. Uh, so I really feel for Lucrezia. I mean, I really do hope some of those scandals things are true about her. But also, I feel bad for the woman. It's got to suck to have your dad be a pope who sleeps his way through the capital. That's fine. Uh, so the youngest member of the Borgia family was Goffredo. He married Sancha of Aragon. So Sancha was the one that was sleeping with both Cesare and Giovanni. Um, so not exactly the best wife, I want to say. She was four years older than him, so she was drawn towards older men because she was 16 when they got married and Goffredo was only 12. Goffredo had a horrible relationship with Rodrigo. Uh, Rodrigo doubted whether he was his own son, actually. He publicly, publicly acknowledged it, but privately had lots of concerns and reserves about him. So that didn't go over well. Uh, Goffredo was also publicly cleared for his eldest brother's murder. So remember how Giovanni was murdered for sleeping with Goffredo's wife? Uh, The public was in an outrage. So Rodrigo and Alexander VI had to publicly clear Goffredo for Giovanni's murder. Um, And then Sancha died childless. And... Gofredo remarries Maria de Mila, they have four kids, they relocate to Naples, he lives a quiet life after his father dies, which honestly they all deserved a quiet life, but hey, Rodrigo is the Pope, Rodrigo has his way. Uh, So the Borgia family, as you can tell, huge scandal, huge drama, it was a very turbulent time in Rome there was lots of people suddenly dropping dead or going missing and magical babies appearing out of nowhere it was a very wild time they kept things interesting there's been countless shows about the borgia there's one on netflix which is not good don't watch that one then there's the showtime one which is much better watch that one uh, they were huge, and they were super important because they show just how corrupt the church is and just how scheming and manipulative and conniving it all is. So, you know, that's it for today. Give you a quick rundown. Last week's episode ran a little long because apparently I don't know how to run GarageBand, but that's okay. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, you know where to find me. There's more to the history at outlook.com. Or my personal Twitter handle, which is on my website, which is there's more to the history.wordpress.com. You know where to find me. Please don't be a Borgia, just read about them and have a great week. I'll see you guys in a few.